Hi, I'm Dave Baker. This is yet another episode of It's Pronounced Zine, our podcast about zine making and comics creation and DIY publishing. Um, on this episode, I'm going to be talking with my stalwart creative compatriot, Nicole Gu. We talk about our writing process, her drawing, her drawing process, and the books that we've put out, namely Suicide Forest, Fuck Off Squad, Teenage Switchblade, This Is Not a Girl Gang, and a little bit of Action Hospital, uh, which is the webcomic that I make with a bunch of people. Um, if you'd like to find more of Nicole's amazing illustration work, you can find it at NicoleGoo.com. If you'd like to, uh, see the webcomic that I make, it's at, uh, TheActionHospital.com. If you'd like to come meet us, you can do so at, um, San Francisco Comic Con, San Francisco Zine Fest, Long Beach Comic Con, and Small Press Expo. Those are the shows we're going to in September. And in October, we're going to be going to Alternative Press Expo and Kamikaze. And in November, we're going to be going to Bakersfield Comic-Con and Santa Ana Patchwork. Um, Yeah, check out this episode. It's really great. I think Nicole's great. Uh, And I'm sure that you will, too, because she's great. Also, she's great. Here comes Dave Baker with the show. Talking about paper publications, you should know. Authors and photographers that are fresh on the scene. Don't be getting twisted. Twisted. It's pronounced scene. Zing, 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 zing. Uh, so you were just at the um, LA. Uh, uh, I forgot what it's called already. Oh, LA Zine Fest uh, picnic. How did that go? It went well. We played games and talked about zines, and it was nice. <laughs> I picture that being like hopscotch, but people being like saddle stitch, saddle stitch, industrial stapler. Uh, they they passed around a joint story zine, so like one person started and then passed it and so on, and then I started a drawing telephone game, which was a little messy because there were so many people, but it's always fun. What what was this? The drawing telephone is like everybody has papers. Someone or everyone writes a sentence, then you pass, then everyone draws, then they pass, and everyone writes, and so on. What was did did you see you started it? I did. What did I you start it as? No, I mean everybody writes at the no, same no, time. No, no, I know. Oh, everybody writes at the same time. I thought it was like a you write. It's like a it doesn't it. Ha- oh, because you everybody it's like passes five, at the same time. Yeah, it's like five pieces of paper and you pass them all around. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Except that it was sixteen pieces of paper, oh. which was kind of a mess. But yeah, it's okay. Sounds, With lots of people who didn't already know how to play the game, so it was like. And lots of people being like, "Wait, well, are we drawing now?" Yeah. Mm-hmm. Am I writing this? What's Lots happening? Lots of people like combining stacks of paper or... Oh, yeah. Mm. It's that, okay. That's cool, though. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I feel like I have talked about you so much on this podcast already. That's weird. Uh, well, just because like, I have to, you know, we worked on stuff together, so whenever somebody's like, and then I did this, and then I have to be like, oh, Nicole and I do... Uh, but now you're here in the flesh. I am here. Uh, that's true. What... <laughs> Who are you and what do you do, friend? I am Nicole. What? Yeah. Nicole who? Nicole Goo. What? Though commonly mispronounced. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh, and I make comics with you and go on show tours and sell things and make things and it's pretty great. Yeah. Uh, uh, I, normally the structure is we kind of like talk about creative process stuff and then kind of talk about convention-y stuff. Um, 
but some of that seems a little bit self-serving considering that I'm involved in all of the things. <laughs> but you are a creator of zines as well, so aren't you allowed to talk about yourself? Okay, a little right. bit since uh, well, let's, the let's things that I make w- involve are usually me. with you. Yeah, let's uh, let's make it a little bit more centric on you though to start with, and then okay. I'm sure I'll talk over you as you do. <laughs> Um, how did you get into making things? Um, it's cliche, but it's one of those, I've been drawing since I was two things, where my parents are very, (laughs) uh, culture-centric, and they took us to a lot of museums and encouraged art classes and those kinds of things, and I was taking art classes from the age of, like, two. My mom had a friend who rented out a studio in her, like, back house to this art teacher that my mom also took classes with who ran, like, kids' art school, basically, and I would do that. And How in- intense was that? Was it, like, I mean, figure it- drawing at, like, two, or was it, like, and now we're drawing circles? It was, like, kids' classes, you know, okay. like, project-based. Mm. This is the project where we make a flower pot with, like, watercolor and straws, and you blow it, you know, or this is the one where we do... Sculpy things, you know. <laughs> Sculpy sculptures. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, but it was cool. Like, my mom's friend had kids that were about the same age as us, so we all went to the, like, art classes together and been doing that ever since, basically. Hmm. Did you... Uh, see, some of these questions I, like, know the answer to, but I'm just going to ask them anyway, just to so the people because who don't know you... the people listening don't Yeah, know exactly, answers. so... Uh, I'm just going to ask the questions, and then we'll go from there. And I can laugh at you later. Exactly. I can't believe you asked me that question. You know the answer to that. Uh, <laughs> did you ever have it in your head that you were going to be anything other than an artist? Um, yes and no. It's sort of a complicated question um, because <laughs> the answer is really no. I always wanted to be an artist because that was kind of all I was ever good at. I quit at everything I ever did except for art. What, what other stuff did you try to do? I mean, like, every sport that my parents put me in, every musical instrument, every, like, needlepoint class or whatever the <laughs> hell it was. I never lasted more than, like, two or three years at anything. Hmm. Um, usually less than that. I think I took cheerleading for, like, two weeks and was like, nope, I'm good. Thanks, mm. though. Um, but so I always knew that I wanted to do something art-related, I wanted to be an artist, but even as a very young child, I understood that you cannot make a living as an artist, and so I tried to invent all of these ways that I could do art for a living, but not be a quote-unquote artist. So I was like, well, maybe I'll be an interior designer, or maybe I'll be a fashion designer, or whatever I could figure out that was like a job, but also art-related. And then I got to the age of I don't know I think it was probably when I started looking at colleges or maybe a little before that where I was like you know what no it must have been before that because I I stopped taking all the like really hard classes because I was like fuck it I'm going to art school um I just came to this realization of you know what no matter how hard it is it doesn't matter I just there's nothing else I want to do were your parents ever like maybe uh maybe uh No, my parents are super supportive. I mean, my dad's a musician. He dropped out of college to, like, just be a studio guitarist. But even that, though, devil's advocate, 
Devil, the Devil's Advocate being even that is a job musician. You know, it's not like he was like, I'm going to be Bruce Springsteen. It is a job, but like my dad comes from a family of doctors. So being a studio musician and like, you know, when he started, he was just like playing the baked potato and stuff like that. What the fuck is that? That is a club. Oh, oh, okay. I thought that was, like, industry slang for, like, third rhythm guitar in the back is the no. baked potato. No, no it's a club. <laughs> it's a jazz. Come on, Goo. We need you to play the baked potato on the backside of this fucking thing. No, but like, almost everyone in his family before that was doctors. So being a musician was, while a lot of people in his family played instruments, doing that as a profession wasn't, like... No. I mean, I never really met my grandparents, so I don't know how they felt about it, but... That was stepping out of the norm already. And so both my parents are very... My mom went to music school as well. That's how they met. She wanted to be... Uh, she wanted to sing in musicals on Broadway. That was her life goal. Which didn't happen, but she's happy where she is now. Yeah, it's hard, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Fucking any of those kind of pie-in-the-sky things. It's brutal. Yeah, you just... I think she... And it's even harder for women, too. Yeah. She didn't have as... Or the way she tells it, she didn't have enough natural skill to get to where she needed to be in, like, short enough time. Because there's definitely an age range on being a singer in musicals. Yeah. In a way, there's not as, say, a musician. Mm-hmm. Uh, or at least a studio musician. Because nobody's looking at your face. Yeah. Well, um, when you're playing baked potato. Yeah. When you're at the baked potato, everyone's looking at your face. <laughs> uh, did you uh, go to school for illustration yeah um i took i took a lot of uh classes like i said my parents were really supportive and so i took life drawing i went to um like a pre-college illustration program at pratt i went to like a bunch of art programs and outside extracurricular classes in high school and then i went to cal state long beach and studied illustration for my bfa how did you uh how'd you get into making camics Oh, meeting you. What? Yeah. Um, I I was really into comics in, like, middle school, early high school, but they it was manga. I was, like, obsessed with manga in high school. What and kind then, of manga did you read? Mostly romance stuff and some, like, samurai shit. Kenshin. Mm-hmm. Um, we were just talking about romance manga yesterday, or oh, two yeah? days ago, that my love life Oh, we thing. were. Yeah, you and I. Yes. We yeah. were, and I started reading that, and damn you for is introducing it, me to it. It's it, not good, but it's I, not... I started flipping through it. I haven't read any of it yet, but... Uh, it's... It looks fun. Very predictable, and very saccharine. Like, it's the sweetest, sickeningly sweet thing I've probably ever read. Sometimes and I've... I kind of like that, though. I like that stuff in terms of, like... Because it's foreign. I used to love because that it's shit. foreign, I like it. If it was American, I'd be like, no, I need my, I need some irony, I need some grit here. But because it's Japanese, it, I can appreciate there's, it. There's something that I see coming that might be interesting, uh, but it's also a predictable and b the other relationship that's happening is just like, oh my god, can you guys just stop being like so obsessed with each other? <laughs> yeah, because the manga is it's called My Love Life, and it's about. Um, these two best friends, the protagonist, who's this, like, really kind of oafishly drawn, tall Japanese man, who the back cover of the book describes as ugly. 
Like, he's not even ugly. He's just a he's, large he's dude. He's not ugly, and they don't really play him as ugly in the Which book. Which is so funny. Like, there are moments when they're like, oh, yeah, he's ugly, and all these girls think he's ugly. But no one else does. Yeah. Like, yeah. it's very strange, and like... So it's a, and, but it's a, it's, he saves this girl from dying, mm-hmm. and then uh, he falls in love with her, and he, the book is kind of like a weird love triangle thing where he's nervous about this girl falling in love with his best friend because that's happened to him many times before because his best friend is this kind of uh, J-pop idol-looking boy who's very uh, androgynous and attractive and you know mm-hmm. whatever the, the Japanese ideal of beauty is, mm-hmm. and then he's this large kind of. Uh, yeah. <laughs> He's very strong and very nice. But the thing is, and I'm going to spoil the first for book it. for you. Yeah, go for it. Is that she doesn't fall in love with the friend. Within the first book, they get together. Like, the, oh, yeah. the main guy and the girl. And they're just, like, super in love. And that's, so far, that's it. And my guess is that the best friend loves him. Uh, that's what it seems like is going to happen and that would make it slightly more interesting but right now it's just them like fawning over each other and and everyone likes him he's like a super nice super strong guy so like all of it he has like tons of friends everybody likes him he can't do anything wrong the the book is basically a series of him saving people and her being like oh my god my heart is gonna be out of my chest because you're so strong and wonderful it's so nice <laughs> that's the book <laughs> and it's it's the kind of thing that it's like it's so easy and accessible to just click right that i just like i don't even like it really but i haven't been able to stop reading it yeah totally <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, I got that way with like common writer manga, where there was a period where I would just read common uh, writer legends. Is that what the fucking? No. There's like a manga that's out of continuity, like an ultimate version of the common writer shows. And sometimes it's really good, and sometimes it's not. Mm-hmm. But I read like probably 25 volumes of it online, just because, like you said, it's accessible and it's there, and you're just like, yep, click, yep, click, yep. Click. Clip. Yep. Yep. Or Gantz. I read like four volumes of Gantz. I don't even like it, but I read it because it was there. I definitely read some of it at work. It's fine. It's <laughs> don't play this for your friend. <laughs> or my boss. Um, okay, so sorry for derailing everything and yeah. talking about shitty manga. Um, for long periods for long, of time. Long periods of time. Uh, what, uh, how did you get into making comics? Oh. Right, so the continuation of that story of saying that I was really into manga as a kid is that um, I basically stopped reading from the age of, like, maybe 16 until after college, like a couple of years after college. And I read little things here and there, and my brother uh, bought me some comics, and I read some of that. But A, I was never really into American stuff, and B, I just kind of focused on illustration, and I was like, I'm going to be editorial an illustration. editorial yeah. illustrator yeah. or whatever I can get a job for, basically. Yeah. Um, and then I met you and um, I was kind of, I think I was not out of work at that point, but I didn't have any personal projects going on. And we started hanging out and you were like, okay, so I have this story. It's only eight pages and it's like about a, a gay sailor and his lover gets... Uh, abducted by mermaids, and then he goes on a killing rampage to get him back, and I was like, well, 
<laughs> I guess I'm not really doing anything. I guess I have some free time. I've never made comics before, but it would be worth a try. Because I had thought about making comics multiple times as a kid, but I was not a writer. So I would, like, try and enlist my brother or try and that's enlist my friend. That's what's hilarious to me. Your brother majored in screenwriting. I know. And he. we had a story that we were going to make. And I started designing characters for it, and it never happened. And oh, was that his was, fault or your though? Like, did he write a script? He never wrote it. James. Yeah, it's okay. James. Yeah, he had more important things to do. <laughs> I mean, I'm also, glad that he, I'm glad that never happened because then you and I make stuff now. But I am glad as well because those drawings were not good. <laughs> it could, but it could have been like yesterday when we were at Chuck's house looking at his little kid That's comics. That's true. It would have been that, and it would have been pretty awesome because it was like mobsters who were also Greek gods. What? This is dope. Yeah. So it was like Athena in like 20s <laughs> garb. How old were you guys when you were talking about doing this? High school. Like 16, 17? Probably y- there or a little younger. Probably younger, actually. So I, really I was probably in middle school and he was in high school. Really wish you guys had made it. That would have been yeah. so dope. We also, um, my friend Kelsey and I had an apocalyptic story about an angel and a demon who fell fall in love. Yeah, yeah. that would have been great. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which never happened because she never finished writing it. I love it. Mm-hmm. I love it. I tried to do that too when I was in high school. I was really, I kind of lacked the agency to know that I could write and draw for myself, mm-hmm. and I I thought that you had to have a writer and there was a kid in high school who was like the ex-boyfriend of the girl I was dating who I was like <laughs> trying to be friends with to be like nice and he situation. was like really into writing Magic the Gathering fan fiction and I was like yes. dude just write it as a comic and then we'll make a weird magic comic and he was like okay I'll do it and he came to me with a word document of like 11 Times New Roman. Just like paragraphs. Just paragraphs. <laughs> just like, a, like four pages of paragraphs. And I was like, what am I supposed to do with this? Yeah. This is like the ravings of a madman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then I wrote a weird like pseudo novel and tried to make it into a comic. And I was like, this sucks. Yeah, you got to do that script format. Yeah, you got to. Got to. <laughs> got to. I was just talking to someone about that, actually, at the scene thing. What about it? Oh, um, he was working on a, I'm going to use your least favorite word here. God damn it. I have to because he used it. Fuck that guy. Graphic novel. Fuck that dude already. No, he's really nice. I'm sure he was great, but also fuck that dude. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, he kind of had that problem where he, like, I think he wrote it all out and then realized that he had to convert it to script form or something. Ugh. I don't remember the exact story, but he, like, it was one of those things where he penciled out a lot of pages and was like, this isn't right, and I have to go back and fix this now, and then went back and, like, re-scripted it, which mm. is, like... That's always so hard when you're a writer-artist because I feel like so many people are dominant in one way or the other. Mm-hmm. They're either a writer who can k- kind of draw or an artist who can draw really well but can't really write and so like you have that weird juggling act of like which one your brain does better so you sort of rely on that and then you like 
I don't know, you end up drawing 35 pages of a thing that could probably take place in 12 pages. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was the other thing we talked about is the, um, he's also, the guy that I spoke to is also now trying to do, like, short weekly comics and stuff. And the the idea of fitting uh, your entire story into something shorter being really hard, and I was telling him about our book, Murders, that we are currently working on, (laughs) and how we sort of have this 40-page limit that we are working within, um, and in order... At the publisher's best. They uh, want us... Yes. Yeah. Um, And in order to have the enough momentum and enough reason for the things to be happening and enough climax and the right feelings in the book, it was really hard for us to narrow down like what we wanted to be in it, what was important, what things we wanted in there but had to leave out because of page count, mm-hmm. and the ability to take the story beginning to end in 40 pages, mm-hmm. which is really hard, but also is like 40 is the most pages I've worked on, so it seems long to me, but it's all, it was crazy to be like, this is the most we've done, and it's still hard to fit this story in this many pages. Yeah, well, a part of that is, I think, because the other stuff we've done hasn't been very plot-centric. That's true. It's been very, like, both Fuck Off Squad and Teenage Switchblade are, like, almost vignettes. Mm-hmm. You know, they're just, like, really long, prolonged vignettes of, like, we're going to follow these people and see what their life is like and watch them go through this problem. And, there's and this a v- has a beginning, middle, and end. Yeah. And it's also, it jumps around in time, and it has, like... It's true. It's, like, you know, it starts at a certain point and then jumps back six months and then goes... And then the thing you think happens at the end isn't happening at the end. There's stuff mm-hmm. after that. You know what I mean? So it's... Yeah. It's There's more structure to it. And also it's the thing that I think we'd talked about the most. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's like, true. Like, the other stuff we had kind of, like, fuck off squad, I kind of, we had a couple conversations about feel. Mm-hmm. We went and, like, drew together at Skate uh, park. skate parks, and then I went away and wrote about my friends, mm-hmm. and then came to you with a script and was like, hey, I wrote this thing about these kids that I know, what do you think of this? Right. And then you added stuff and, you know, kind of made it your own and literally added pages to it, but that's different than... The long to... conversations that we had about story pl- and plot for murders. Yeah, mm-hmm. and also tone, too. Because, like, mm, yeah. I think specifically for murders, you were really... You really had a concrete idea of the feel and the tone of the book. And you had that very crystal clear in your head. And I was more worried about, like, the plot and the going from beginning to middle to end and having it be a cohesive thing. And so... A couple of the rewrites, I think, were me trying to get the arrow closer and closer to the bullseye of the tone that you mm-hmm. were going for. Yeah. Well, there were there were a, not necessarily points of contention because we don't really argue yeah, about no, anything. No, no. But, but it was uh, a couple points of things that I thought the story was going to be that it didn't end up being, which. Which is what I'm talking about in tone, where right. I was like trying, and I agreed with you. I was like, yeah, I think the idea that you had in terms of the level of tone of like this, the relationship of these four female friends mm-hmm. needs to be more X instead of Y. Yeah. Um, and slowly but surely trying to get it to X, <laughs> shoving it <laughs> closer and closer to X. Yeah. Um, 
uh, what is, uh, maybe if you want to talk about our usual creative process, because I think it's a little bit different than the quote-unquote traditional way of making comics and also different than the bullshit fuck Stanley Marvel method. Yeah, so it's it's kind of somewhere in between the Marvel method and whatever our own, I guess. So basically, like you sort of said, we talk about an idea or a mood or an image or just like, hey, let's write a thing about skaters, you know. And we'll talk about kind of what we want it to be about and what kind of characters, or it'll start from a drawing or a character design. Like, Fuck Off Squad directly started because you did a drawing of, like, girls at a skate park. And I was Mm -hmm. like, uh, we should make a skateboarder comic. Yeah. So, we talk about it a little bit, and then you basically go write it, whatever it's going to be, and then you come back to me. I write, like, a full script. A full script, yeah. Yeah. Um, you come back to me, and I read and proof and give you my thoughts on that. And if there needs to be changes, we change it up. And um, sometimes we change it a lot, and sometimes we don't change it at all. It yeah. kind of varies. Mm-hmm. And um, then lately, we have been doing a sort of process of writing the script about 10 pages short so that I have the ability to add spreads and pages where I see fit yeah. to enhance the like tone and pacing mm-hmm. and pacing is really important to us to make it feel the way we want it to feel and yeah because everything especially since we make books for print everything's based on page turns mm-hmm. so a lot of times in the script there will be unsaid pages where it'll be like let's say Nicole and Dave are sitting at Meltdown talking about comics and then the next page is you and I walking down the street. Um, in between those two pages, you and I would know that there's going to be a double-page spread of Meltdown empty at night mm-hmm. or the recording booth empty at night. But I won't write that in the script because we've agreed we're going to make a 40-page book. I have 30 pages to make the script, and then you're going to take 10 to make those decisions, and we will have talked about that. Mm-hmm. But I won't put that in the script, even though we both know it's there. Or we won't have talked about it, and I will be going through doing my layouts and be yeah. like, have an idea, be like, hey, I think this should go here. Yeah. Or sometimes you'll you'll be like, um, hey, I've got these three ideas. Where can we fit these in? Yeah. yeah. And mm-hmm. then it sometimes that'll go into the script. Yeah, sometimes. And for murders it did, because we were... Yeah. So fucking trying well, to get it into that form. We had a lot of rewrites on that, so... Yeah, yeah. Um, I think that's the most that we've done. I think we did like four or five. Mm-hmm. I think I did five. Four is the official like rewriting, but I wrote a whole draft of a script that I never showed you. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, I think that normally, like, normally you have a clearer idea of what the thing is going to be than I do. And I think with murders, I had a very formed idea of the mood. I didn't know what the story was, but I knew what I wanted it to feel like more than I have with the other books that we're making mm-hmm. made that we've made um and so in order for that to kind of fit in or and i also had a stronger idea of what i wanted to say about it mm-hmm. um and so in order to kind of mesh what we had on the page and the ideas that we had sort of talked about and the things that i wanted to say with the book we had to rewrite it a few times yeah absolutely yeah 
But I think the, the end product is stronger because of that. I would agree with that. And I think also your drawings become better. Because I care about it? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, no, for real. Yeah. Um, not that the other books look bad. I think I, looks... And I obviously care about the other books yeah, yeah. as well. But um, but there's a certain sense of inborn responsibility, I think, when we've both been talking about something for that long or whatever. Yeah. Um, like, what was the production time for Teenage? I don't know. It wasn't um, that long, though, right? I feel like it was like six months or something, but I don't know. Maybe it wasn't that long. Oh, yeah, because there's that big lag in the middle. You had like... 22 pages and then did we go on tour in the middle of it or something no the tour was at the end um, oh yeah that's no, right the I, I think Lee i tour just had end. a bunch of work like oh yeah you got slammed with work. with freelance stuff that's right yeah 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 yeah, yeah. Um, um yeah the, the as book... i don't get paid for the comics that we make at the moment what the writer doesn't pay you for the comics that you're he making doesn't fuck that guy fucking stan lee asshole that over dude's here. a fucking stan lee fuck that guy man <laughs> <laughs> you need a union representative, bro. I do. It's true. Yeah, the Nicole Goo Comics Union. <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, we just did a Kickstarter. We did. For uh, Teenage. Yeah, for Teenage Switchblade, which is the second book in our Fuck Off Squad series. Uh, what was that like for you? Amazing. Um, so, <laughs> the Kickstarter's kind of funny because, A, we've never done one before. B, we did it right in the middle of a, like, ten-week, ten-weekend tour of doing conventions. Yeah, every weekend for ten weekends in a row we were at a convention. And C, I had not yet formatted the book. We had all of the content yeah. <laughs> completely done, but I had not actually put the book together. And uh, we were basically just trying to get enough money to send it to print. So we only asked for five hundred dollars because that's how much we needed. Because we're not big, big ballers. Yeah, uh, we self-publish everything, so that's how much it costs to make the books, to make a hundred books, and uh, <laughs> so I was working a job at a convention every weekend, pushing our Kickstarter and formatting the book all at once. And I feel like people don't understand that pushing a Kickstarter is a full-time job. Yeah, yeah, it really. Like is. if you don't. Go online and send people direct messages and post Facebook updates and tweet about it. Nobody donates. Nobody cares. Mm -hmm. But if you do that, money trickles in. Yeah, and we made our goal within three hours of our first day. And mm -hmm. it was incredible because we were like, you know, we have never run a Kickstarter before. We have a pseudo presence within our tiny art circle, but we're not well known. No, and not so at all. we were like, so 500 is small for a Kickstarter, but we don't even know if we'll get that. And within the first three hours, we had surpassed $500, and it and was... And the night before, we had even talked about, like, if the, okay, so if, if we stall out at, like, $300, you just kick in the other 200 yeah. just so we can get that free $300. <laughs> yeah, because my name's not on the Kickstarter, so yeah. I could just pay $200, and we'll still get the money, right? Is that how it works? Yeah. Um, so... By the end, we had gotten, I think, was it three or four stretch goals? Might have been four. We ended up at 1,079% funded. Yeah. I like that you remember that exact number. Oh, yeah. It's burned into my brain. I can't believe that we made fucking, like, $5,300. Yeah. It's insane. Yeah. It's pretty great. Um, 
and it makes me feel really good about the things that we're doing. Yeah. And, and like people like them and want to see them and And also it makes me feel like uh <clears throat> the fact that we don't make Tights and Fights comics. Yeah. It's like completely okay. We, Not that I was really worried about the beginning to begin with, because I want to make whatever comics I want to make, but it's cool when people are like fuck yeah, this is dope, and I don't care that there's no one with a cape in this. Yeah, it's not mainstream. It's about gay skater kids, and people want to buy it, and that's yeah. fantastic. Yeah, it's like gay skater kids who, like, smoke weed and have emotional problems. Like, it's not... Well, I guess Katie. Yeah, there's not... There's nothing crazy. Like, it's not high-octane, you know, boob explosions. There's some boobs. There's some boobs, but not you know in, what I mean, though. Not a teenage, though. Yeah. yeah, no, it's it's not... I mean, there are boobs, but it's not, like, over-sexualized no. bullshit that no, no. so many comics are. Yeah. I mean, so many stories are. So many stories, yeah. yeah. Movies and books yeah. and everything in our media right now. Yeah. And it's also really fun, like... I know this sounds like bullshit humble bragging and gloating, but it's not. I'm just so, like, shocked <laughs> and, like so grateful that like there's stuff like people are posting photos of our fucking like pins that yeah, we made on the internet so, and tagging us in them and it's so fucking rad our like highest stretch goal was to make these enamel pins which you know we didn't have the money to make enamel pins because fuck no we barely have enough money to print another printing of the book uh so we were like if we make a lot of money maybe we could print enamel pins and it would be really cool and I know it's a really super long shot and I shouldn't get my hopes up but then we got the money to make the enamel pins and receiving them in the mail and seeing my artwork on a an object, not a piece of paper, like a physical object. A metal piece of object that and was made in a fucking factory. Getting to send them to all the people who had bought our book and seeing these pictures come in of people taking pictures of our book and the pins, of people wearing the pins. At that picnic today, someone was wearing our pin. What? Chuck. Oh, well, but still. Yeah, I know. I was like, hey, nice pin, Chuck. Like a pin. But like seeing a thing Chuck that I've Kurt, made. a.k.a. CEO of Zines. Yeah. A.k.a. a cool dude. <laughs> He's a cool dude. Yeah. I like that human. I do too. Um, but seeing something I made like physically on another human out in the world is really rewarding. Yeah. And also they came out great. So <laughs> they, came out, they came out so cool looking. I'm very excited about that. Yeah, I I'm so amped for my fuck Stanley pins. To I get have uh, more than once worn three at a time. <laughs> <laughs> You're like you know there's there's that meme of like Danzig walking out of a fucking <laughs> a fucking Safeway holding kitty litter wearing a Danzig shirt. <laughs> you're that you're Danzig. I th- it's, like, not even that I'm, like, trying to advertise or that I'm, like, yeah, look at this shit I made. It's so cool. It's really that just I'm really excited about them and how they look. And I'm, like, fuck, yeah, I would totally wear these. In fact, I'm going to. Yeah. So, um, not to toot my own horn or anything, but I'm really excited about them. So, and we just ordered some more. I'm, I can't wait. I can't wait. Um, uh... So how long have you been, like, seriously drawing comics with me? Like, a year? Year year and and a half, half, I think. So we made uh, DeLorean. Yeah, DeLorean Gray, Mermaid Hunter. That is the name of our mermaid comic. Yeah, which is going to be available in print soon in the Action Hospital trade paperback. Yeah, it's also free online at (laughs) theactionhospital.com. That was... (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) Idiot Brigade. Uh Uh-huh. So we made that, and then we went probably... 
five months or something without making anything else. I Did want we, to really? say. Well, what was the next thing we made. Uh, this is not a girl gang, which we made yeah. specifically for Zine Melt. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, because we wanted to table and. Yeah, we each made a mini comic. You made. Uh, this is not the a girl, girl gang. gang with me. I mean, I, I co-wrote it with you. Yeah, and then uh, you wrote Professor Cuties, and then I wrote and drew Professor Cuties. Mm-hmm. That's right. Um, and we have not stopped making stuff since then. It's like a weird addiction now. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Um, I actually, I had that itch earlier today because Robert just sent me all the like proof corrects for. What do you mean itch? You, you're constantly making things. <laughs> but I you just wrote another script. I know, but I don't draw comics as much as I used oh, to. Oh, you had drawing it. I got that drawing itch earlier today when I was looking through all the pages because I was correcting all the errors in the in the files for the action for hospital action proof, hospital. and I was like, oh, maybe I should just maybe I should just draw a thing. Well. Chapter two. Yeah. Action hospital. Yeah, that's probably what it's going to be. Um, it's probably going to be after San Diego, though. Yeah. Because <laughs> we <we're laughs> have so much shit to do before San Diego. Ugh. I, you know, we do, and I know that we do, but I'm in this weird lull right now where it doesn't feel like we have that much to do. And I have had this... I do. Sure, maybe. I don't know. I have what to do, do all. I have to project manage all the action hospital oh, shit. Oh, Okay. Well, I don't have to do that. <laughs> <laughs> and I, for once, have had like four days in a row where I got to just draw comics. And while we were on that tour and doing the Kickstarter and laying out the book and what was the other thing? I don't know. Oh, my regular work stuff. No, your regular two jobs. My, my two other jobs. <laughs> I don't think I drew anything like other than a little bit here and there in my sketchbook for like 2 months. Yeah. Because we were gone yeah. and we were in between projects sort of cuz we had been planning murders but we didn't have a script yet and I was like vaguely I did a few like character studies but I didn't draw any comics for probably 2 months and it was like I was nervous to go back to drawing comics, and I was really worried that they were not going to be good. <laughs> <laughs> like, you were just going to forget how to draw? I, well, and when I would sit with my sketchbook and try and draw again, I f- my wrist felt like I had forgotten to draw. Really? And I would, like, do things that I thought were going to be anatomically correct, and it was like, no, no, that looks bad. That looks really bad. Why? Why can't I draw anymore? I've forgotten how to draw. I need to go to a life drawing class, I which I should that. do anyway. But yeah. I haven't been to a life drawing class in like three years. It's bad. It's bad. Or is it something to celebrate? Uh, Freedom from reality. <laughs> but even if you're not drawing realistically, I know. I know. Sam drawing. and I were talking about that the other day, where he was like talking about how he was so upset at himself when he was younger for not going to, like, life-drawing classes. And he was like, I never want to draw realistic. And now he's like, oh, God, I wish I had that understanding. I mean, I've been going to, like, nude life-drawing classes since I was 14. So, and it's something that I really, really enjoy, which makes me a little sad that I don't do that anymore. But for a long time in college, I started college as a drawing and painting major. I wanted to paint humans like realistic humans and like two years in i was like oh no 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 i don't want to do this because i'm not really self-driven enough to just be a quote unquote fine artist like i need that project that goal that thing instead of just being like i wonder what i'm gonna draw next oh i'm gonna draw this thing 
Um, that, and again, that, like, super logical part of my brain just kicked in and was like, you're never going to make it as just an artist. You have to have a job, like, editorial you should make illustration. Comics. There's so much money in comics. Well, and then I got derailed again into comics. But yeah. at least, though, there's a difference between comics, which are the way we are doing it. Clearly, there's no money. But... There is, theoretically, someone will hire you to do this thing. Mm-hmm. Nobody hires you to make paintings. They buy the things that you have already painted. Mm-hmm. So with editorial illustration, which I thought I was going to be in and would still like to explore. Um, You've done editorial stuff with me before. I've done editorial with you and I've done editorial for several other publications. But Yeah, we were both in the... Charleston Anvil. Mm-hmm. I wrote an mm-hmm. essay about uh, the parenting techniques of Benton Quest, Johnny mm-hmm. Quest's dad. Yes, and I did an illustration to go along with it. Mm-hmm. And I have done a cover for OC Weekly and a few other things here and there. Mm-hmm. Um, but as of now, I am spending so much time working on comics that exploring editorial has kind of ended up on the back burner. I'm okay with that. I know you are. Burn your dreams to the ground. Make comics with me forever! See, but, like, editorial makes money and comics don't, so... I would bet that there's actually more money in comics than editorial. That is not true. No, I think there is. No. In terms of the amount of money that can be made in terms of an industry versus the editorial industry. I would still probably disagree. I'm not sure about that because I don't know... The numbers of any of this stuff. But particularly as an individual, illustrators make way more money than Absolutely. Comics. No no contest there. Yeah. Absolutely. But in terms of an industry, I think there's more. I don't know that that's true because Maybe it's not. Maybe because editorial is not is no longer restricted to print. Because that's true. there's blogs and Yeah, but those things don't pay though. Some of them do. Yeah, a couple. Especially the ones that are run by magazines. Yeah, like Vice and sure, all that bullshit. Or, yeah. You know, even like the online content for LA Times or yeah. whatever yeah, it is. Yeah, that's you true. Know? Yeah, that's true. I, I have no concept of that. I don't know. Maybe you're right. I don't know any of the numbers for any of these things at all, so I cannot say it. But as an individual working, you are way better off. If you can get the jobs, you're way yeah. better off in editorial. Yeah. Is that the goal for you to go back to editorial? Eventually. Um, if I could support myself on comics, no. <laughs> mm. um, right now, I'm really happy doing this. I really like it. Getting paid for it would be great. Um, the goal would be kind of to do both, which I don't know if that's... Kind of like a Jillian Tamaki style thing? Yeah, where it's like if I could make comics and then supplement with editorial work mm-hmm. so I didn't have to worry so much mm-hmm. um, that would be fantastic because with editorial you make one piece and then you <laughs> you only have one. to draw, make one drawing right and, and with comics it's like 10,000 drawings yeah I was watching an interview with Jillian Tamaki and Ryan Sands earlier mm-hmm. today where they were talking about how comics she was saying that comics for her will always be a subsidized thing like it will never even if it does pay the bills someday it won't be the only thing. Yeah, it doesn't... For her, it's not the goal for it to make money, per se, because it's, it's something that, that, every, that just, she just dumps money into to subsidize it to make it work because she wants to make it work. Right. Not, which I don't... Well, she a, also is... Um, 
I haven't listened to that many interviews with her, but she's very editorial minded and mm-hmm. she works really well in that industry. And while her comics are gorgeous, there is a part of her brain that I think is not fulfilled by comics because in the way that she draws sequential art, the stories that she's worked on so far, for the most part, kind of accepting Super Mutant Magic Academy, are, you know, A to B, real life, these things are happening. Mm-hmm. Whereas in her editorial illustration, she gets really loopy and, mm-hmm. like, or much even more when expressive. We, when we saw her talk and she was doing that, like... I love poetry that, zine well, that slideshow is, about that is like, editorial, yeah, quote unquote, quote unquote, like, yeah, yeah. Because it's taking, and that was amazing. By the way, it was not yeah, poetry. Do you want to explain what that was? So what she did was we saw her at Skylight Books. She was yeah, we a went talk. to a reading. Um, well, it wasn't really a reading; it was a signing, signing. And then she did a slideshow of this project she had been working on, which was she took. Um, Middle schoolers' tweets. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. That was like junior high kids. Junior high kids' tweets, I think tweets, they were yeah. middle school. Um, so she took middle school kids' tweets and then did illustrations of them. Yeah. And they were wonderful. They're so weird. Even and- just the tweets by themselves were like, those humans' brains work so weird. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. And then her illustrations are very kind of fantastical and... Uh, in a very editorial way, not direct. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not like she just drew the thing that was being described, um, which I think she has to do a little more when she makes comics mm. because she has to follow the script. Mm-hmm. And she can buy away from it here and there, but that's not really what that is. Yeah, which is why I wish she would write more for herself. Because, man, Super Super Mutant Magic Academy is so good! It is, and she can do anything she wants in it, which is really great. Yeah, I'm so sad. There's there's no more. One day, maybe. I don't don't think so. I I think she's done. I I don't want her to be done. I think it's gotten too big. I think that was, like, her, like, weird throwaway idea. There's a lot of pages in that thing. Fucking A! And the trade has, like, that weird 40-page story in the back. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, I think it's too big now. Mm -hmm. I think she'll... If she does something, it'll be another weird... It'll be a collection of those tweets and... <laughs> <laughs> or those little mini-comics she's been making. Have you been reading those? Yes. Oh, my God. They're so good. So good. The one about the porn sitcom yes. is amazing. Oh, fuck. What website are those at? I don't know. I don't know either, but they're all on, like, some... It's not Vice, but it's a site like that where they're, like, paying her to make, like, 10-page mini-comics. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't there's, know what it is. There's one about a guy who's, like, a washed-up producer for the world's first porn sitcom... It was on, like, NBC, and it's about, like, this guy going and tabling at, like, a pop culture convention and being, like, really weirded out by the fact that people still remember his weird porn sitcom. And then there's been, like, two other ones. Do you remember the True Bunny one, which is a girl, like, a bunny girl who's writing a blog about her working at At, John and Quarterly, Yeah, she's working at John and Quarterly, and she, like, writes a blog shit-talking her mm -hmm. boss, and then it blows up. And they, like, make a show out of it. Yeah. She gets really famous, and then she gets, like, Hollywood burnout. And yeah, 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. It's so good. So good. I love how she uses captions, too, because it feels like just in, like just pure writing technical side of making comics, the way that she breaks down images and pairs it with captions is just enough of the caption and just enough of the image, you know, just mm-hmm. enough of the words and pictures of the Hieronymus machine to have it actually work, um, whereas... 
a lot of times the way that mainstream people make comics with captions is there's an A storyline that you're watching and a B storyline that you're reading. Yeah. You know, where it's like Matt Murdock walking down the street and he's thinking, when my dad was a boxer, he taught me how to take a punch. And then he rounds a corner and there's a guy getting mugged and he's like, I've never forgot how to... And then, you know, somebody punching him in the face that's a, ba- a burglar, mm. how to take a punch. Mm. You know, that kind of bullshit where mm. they're like, the narratives are separate, but they match up in some way. Right. Where hers are very distinctly the same narrative flow and it like rocks back and forth, relying on one more than the other, which is really, Do you really cool. Reread some of that and sort of. So cool. And I don't remember the third one now. Pod People. Oh, yeah. Are all her ex boyfriends, or this character. All of their her ex boyfriends are obsessed with this movie. This movie called Pod People, which is Invasion of the Body Snatchers, mm-hmm. and it's like a, she sees their three these three relationships through the lens of this movie. <laughs> it's so cool. Yeah, has, has she done any more? It's just those three, right? I don't know. I haven't. Um, I've only seen those three. I haven't checked. Hmm. I'm going to when mm-hmm. I go home. <laughs> 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 uh. So, usually, the back half of this thing is we talk about conventions, mm-hmm. convention stories, mm-hmm. tips and tricks for doing conventions. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you have any tips or tricks for doing conventions or, and or interesting stories that happen to conventions, my friend? I know you do, because I've been there. Uh, let's talk about tips and tricks first. <laughs> tips and tricks for conventioning. Um, I would say that having a large group of friends who also do conventions and who can keep you updated on (laughs) which conventions uh, are happening and when deadlines are is the most amazing thing that you can do as someone who is trying to do every convention on the circuit, which is kind of us. Yeah. Um, Because we, or me... We, I run a... Uh, we. We. I mean, eh, sure, both sure. of us and or me uh, run a Facebook, Facebook group, group called... Uh, let's Do All the Conventions. And what what happens in Let's Do All the Conventions? Basically, uh, and the, the, the best thing about that group is that everyone is really active on it. Um, that it's not one of those groups that people just kind of sit and watch. Um, it's very... Everyone seems to feel very comfortable with posting about uh, things that they've heard about that are coming up, uh, giving reviews kind of on the conventions that they have done. So what was good about it, what was bad about it, why you should do this, why $50 is too much for this one-day convention, or why $50 is a steal for this convention. Um, And, you know, we started it because so many of the big cons – their deadlines are, like, nine months in advance. And we missed, like, WonderCon and Comic-Con last yeah, we, year. Yeah, we missed WonderCon last year, and that was the one where we were like, fuck this! Yeah, because we really wanted to do that show, which we were right about wanting to do that show, because it it's awesome. fucking great convention, um, aside from the fact that it's kind of run by train monkeys and everything well, went that off the rails. Well, may have been... Well, there, there's a two-pronged answer to that. A, they were in a different venue, and B, those new... RFID badges. RFID badges were brand new, and they were still figuring it out. So that being said, hopefully, come on, guys. Yeah, it was. But the and show they itself, gave us the wrong table three times. They did do that. That was not great. But it was a wonderful convention. Everybody was tabling was super nice. The fans that were there were super super cool, and ev- everybody was really receptive to stuff. And we only got a few people coming up to our table going, "Do you guys Deadpool? have any Deadpool?" Thank <laughs> you. 
Fuck you. Oh, I don't, I'm not a skater. Oh, that was that convention? Oh, yeah. Oh, I forgot about that shit. We were at WonderCon, and I was pitching Fuck Off Squad to somebody, and I was like, hi, this is, a, this is our comic book. It's called Fuck Off Squad. It's a coming-of-age story about skateboarders in Los Angeles. And the girl had just cracked it open, and then as soon as she heard skateboarders, closed it and was like, I'm not a skateboarder, and handed it back to me and turned around to walk away. And I don't know why it just fucking pissed me off so much that I said... Uh, what did I say? You're not, uh, you don't fly, but you still read Superman or something. Yeah, like yeah, that. I said, uh, I, <laughs> yeah, I was like, yeah, you, uh, can you fly? Do you still read Superman? Uh, can you <laughs> commune with a greater invisible force in the universe? Do you like Star Wars? <laughs> um, and as she was walking away, I was that like. That made you so angry. It really did. It was just so closed-minded. Like, I don't give a shit if you think the book is bad. I don't give a shit if you don't like what we're doing. But not even assessing that and just coming to the table and being like, nope, no, I am not a part of this subculture, therefore I can't. It wasn't even, I don't like skateboarders, it was, I don't skateboard, which is like, that's, I don't skateboard either. Yeah, me neither. (laughs) I haven't skateboarded since I was like seven. Um, I mean, there's been a few things like that. I usually keep my cool a little better about those things than you do. Uh, Not always, but. I don't know. The last couple ones, I think just because we've done so many conventions, like back to back to back to back to back, yeah. that the my normal grace has probably been worn down a little bit. Like That was only number two, number one or number two on that tour, though. Yeah, but that being said, we've done like 25 conventions this year yeah. already. Yeah, we have done a lot of conventions. <laughs> so... When I say, you know, worn down, I don't mean literally, like, just the weekend. Yeah. You know what I mean? Just mm-hmm. the, you go into those knowing that you're going to interact with a fuckload of people. Mm-hmm. And some of them are going to be positive and some of them might not be. Which is why I'm usually pretty calm even with the assholes. Is like, well, you're one of a thousand people here. So you can walk away. And- yeah, like that one guy. Do you remember that one guy? I think it was at WonderCon too. The one guy who was like, you, you, you done with the cheating? Oh, yeah. You done, you done with the cheating? It was like, you cheat? You cheat? And I was like, you're asking me if I cheat because there's cheating in my book? Fuck off. Yeah. Go away. I didn't realize what he was, because he was like mumbling. He was mumbling. And so, his friends were buying the book, so it was like yeah, really, it was really weird. Yeah, really weird. Yeah. Yeah, it was really weird. Well, because he, he read the back cover, and mm-hmm. the back cover has a snarky line that's like, it's the greatest comic about Instagram skating and low-key trying to cheat ever created. Mm-hmm. And he read that, and he was like, you cheat? You like to cheat? Yeah. And I was like, what, 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 are you, what are you saying? There's only been one or two things that have really pissed me off. Um, that one was just like, go away. Uh, there was one at Emerald City. What was the one at Emerald City? Which is the only... You know, there's mild misogynist things here and there. Um, but they don't usually affect me because I can just kind of write it off as you're an uninformed idiot and... I'm selling things and I'm just going to ignore you now. Um, but the one at Emerald City was those, like, high school kids. Oh, right. Yeah. Who, I remember these guys. Yeah. Um, you know, Dave had walked away from the table and I was pitching books. So I, I talked to the one guy and I was like, hey, you want to uh, take a look at our book? This is kind of what it's about. And he was like, oh, no, no, I'm good. And kind of, like, walked away and his friends were still, were still like, kind of hovering. And they were looking at the guy next to us stuff. And then they come back over 
And Dave walks back around the table and he goes, because he didn't know that I had already pitched them, he goes, hey, would you guys like to take a look at our book? Here's what it's about. And they're like, oh, yeah, totally. That's great. And, like, they stood there and, like, looked at the books and, like, read the back. And I that's the only time I've really gotten upset of just, like, you're because I'm female and because I made this book, you won't even look at it. But if a man hands you the same exact book, you're willing to look at it. And talk to us for like ten minutes, and they were just shitty kids anyway. A lot yeah, of they the were stuff really they shitty. said, they were really shitty. And that's the only time I re- I had to sit down and like not take part in st- selling stuff for several minutes because I was like, this is yeah. awful. Yeah, I remember that. Uh, they also <laughs> they also and this is a direct quote. They were looking at the cover, saw that the U in "fuck off squad" was an asterisk or a star, and they were like, "Man, if you would put the U there." You would have had the balls to put the you there. You would have you would have got my money, and then they yeah. put the book down and walk away. Uh-huh. And I was like, "Fuck you guys! They were awful. You suck." And they were like, you know, clearly stupid high school kids who were trying to look macho. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. who mm-hmm. do you think that you are fooling? Yeah. Also, why would you think that like it's a pink book? Yeah. Well, you think I give a shit about like bullshit? Like, no, man. <laughs> I write a book about, like, gay skaters. <laughs> I don't give a fuck about your bullshit. Ugh. Yeah. So the the only ones that have really bugged me are that and last weekend. Last weekend? What at Patchwork. Oh, the old guy? Yeah. So yeah. there, uh, I was showing this book to this Hispanic family, and the girl looked like she might be interested. She was looking at the books, and I'm explaining to them that, like, uh, it's about a young skater who's fallen out of love with her girlfriend and blah, 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 are pitched. Mm-hmm. And the the old man goes, so what, why girls in here? And I was like, why, why are there girls together in here? And I was like, because they're humans and they have a relationship. And he was like, you know, it's a sin, right? Yeah, and then he was like, this is what you're teaching the kids? Yeah. This is what you're teaching the kids? And that's when I was like, all right, it's time for you to leave. Yeah. Time for you to leave. Go. Leave. You're being bigot. Leave. Mm-hmm. And the poor girl was like, I'm sorry. I don't think that. Yeah. Sorry about my dad. Like. Yeah. yeah. Oh, man. That was the only. That's We've gotten homophobic responses before, but that was the only one that was openly, like, bigoted. I mean, most of the time it's just like, oh, okay. And then they put it down and walk away. Cause- oh, there was also at Emerald City, there was that uh, teenage girl who was like, I'm not comfortable with swearing. Oh, yeah, that poor girl. <laughs> she was so... Oh. Yeah, literally, we're like, hey, you want to look at our book, Fuck Off Squad? And she was like, I- I'm not comfortable with swearing. <laughs> and we're like, okay, it's cool. <laughs> she, like, I'm skittered sorry. away. Yeah. It was so sad. <laughs> she was, like, 16. Yeah, she was. Her, it was her and her friend, like, literally holding hands, like, oh, there's so many people. Mm-hmm. But that being said... For the amount of conventions that we've done and the amount of people that we've interacted with, nine times out of ten, it's positive. Yeah. People are very, probably because, you know, we live in Los Angeles and a lot of the conventions we do are in the L.A. area. If we were in Kansas, that probably wouldn't be the case. Or Arizona. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But I I feel like we've been dogging on people a lot and most of the interactions are very positive. It is. We, I am constantly amazed. Like, patchwork... Other than that one response, went so much better than we thought it would because you know 
It's a we, craft show. We have not really. We've done maybe one f- small craft show before. We weren't sure how the comics were going to do at it. Everything else there was jewelry and candles. Yeah, like jewelry and candles. <laughs> um, so we had no idea how it was going to go. And you know, it's in Santa Ana. It's not in Central LA. Uh, and we did great. And yeah. everyone was really responsive and really nice. And we actually found, like, some comic book people there, too. Yeah, yeah. Which was really cool because <laughs> a couple of them were like, <gasps> an oasis. I know. I think that was one of the things is that we were the only comic book people there. So, yeah. Well, the only people who were actually selling comics. There was that guy selling really shitty decoupage, like, cut-up back issues of X-Men. Right, and there was some fan art. Yeah. Um, no offense, guys, but fuck that noise. <laughs> But we were the only people selling actual comic books. And anyone who happens to be at that event who likes comics is yeah. going to be like, oh, there's comics here. Yeah. And there was also, like, just a lot of really cool alternative girls. Yeah. And that's, that's like, true. kind of our demographic. Like, it'd be different if we were making, like, the adventures of Mega Man. That's a real character. <laughs> uh, UFO Man. But we're- Butthole Man. Butthole Man. Yeah, exactly. If we were making The Adventures of Butthole Man, we probably wouldn't have done very well. But we make comics that are, like, aimed at women or a feminine sensibility. Yeah. Um, And it's, like, the books are all cute and pink and, like, they have swear words. It's, like, a funny... Teenage is teal. Yeah, exactly. But you know what I mean, though. You know what I'm saying? Like, the fucking pins, that kind of stuff. And we sold a lot of pins, too. Pick a color for the third book, man. What color am I going to do for the third book? (laughs) Oh, God! Oh, God! <laughs> the book's not even... No, it is written. Never yeah, mind. Sup? I'm way ahead of that deadline. Yeah, I'm not. It's fine. It's okay. There's no pressure. Uh, yeah. Uh, got things to do. Got things to do. Uh, do you uh, Do you have a favorite convention, my friend? I would probably have to say Emerald City. Really? Yeah. Yeah, it was... It was great. It was great. It was fantastic. Yeah. Uh, and we managed to get all of our uh, <laughs> all of our books into two carry-on luggage things, which actually we should have brought more because yeah. we ran out of books. Yeah. That co- convention was so good that we ran out of books, and we only had like 10 Suicide Force, so we weren't even selling those. Yeah, yeah. Because it was towards the end of the tour, so we had foolishly let sold our reserves. Sold out of those, sold yeah. out of fuck-offs, sold out of... Uh, UTOs? Oh, or? yeah. Yeah, United Takeovers. We sold all those as well. Yeah, we sold them. Did we of, not have any horrible little people? I think we might have had two or three. Yeah. But I think I was pitching the minis at that point. Right. Towards the end of it, I was like, check out Professor Cuties, I man. I mean, we sold out of Fuck Off Squads, like, in the morning of the last day. Yeah. Yeah. It was great. And our booth mates were awesome. Yeah, super great. Shout out to Jake Parker and Chrissy Chung. Mm-hmm. What's up? What's up? <laughs> Shout out to Tate Parker, oh, crazy. Jake's son. He was Aww, super cool. He was cool. Yeah, he was really nice. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, what uh, what kind of stuff are you reading these days? Mm, well, at the moment, um, I am reading Omega the Unknown. Oh, my favorite book ever. No, it's no, not, it's not, but, but it's very close. It's very good. Uh, I am enjoying it quite a bit. And Domu... Uh, for reference on mm-hmm. murders, which is wonderful, and if you could just find that, I have third it. I, book. I I was gonna bring it today, and I left you it on my it? couch. Yeah, yes, yeah. yeah. Uh, so Don't Move by Katsuhiro Otomo. Mm-hmm. Fucking love that book too. Yeah, it's a good book. Um, I feel like you just read. What was the Tilly Walden book you just got? Oh, 
I love this part. Yeah, I love this part. That's Tilly a- Walden is a wonderful human who makes beautiful things, and I'm very excited for her next book, which is about uh, competitive skating. Fuck yeah, it's a it is. memoir about competitive skating. Fuck yes, it is. Uh, and it's coming out very soon, I think. From like a real publisher, like Ad House or something, right? I mean, her last one was a real publisher too, wasn't it? I don't remember. I mean, it's a it. real publisher, but it's like a guy in a basement. Oh. It's a, it, they're, they're in Diamond, I think, but they're not like a huge company. I, I forget who it is, so. Yeah, it's, it's a weird name like Glasshouse or mm-hmm. something like that. Um, but the, I think her next book is like either First, Second, or Ad House. Cool. Yeah. yeah. Her drawings are beautiful. Uh, I love this part. It's really cool because it is a comic, but it's almost more so like this is going to sound weird and snobby, but a sequential art book because it's entirely made up of splash and double page spreads. There are no panels mm-hmm. through the entire book. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's really smart and it's like, it's kind of slow and it's all about mood and it's just these really beautiful drawings of this like, these two young girls and their first love and, you know, it's it's like the girl's as like giant characters in like within a city, they're like yeah, sitting they're like, in the city, or like, like sitting, sitting on a hillside. And they're like sitting on a mountain, but it looks like a hill, right? Yeah. And there are all these like little moments of just like them watching TV and being like, "I love this part," or you know, sharing music, or just tiny little things that are are the things that make up moments, make up a relationship. Mm-hmm. All the tiny moments that add together, and it's really sad and like it's beautiful. Yeah, it's a really dope book. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She's so dope. She's, like, young, too. She's, like, 20. 20. She's 20. Get makes, it. Makes me, uh... It's not a competition. Not want to die. No, it's not a competition. I know. But it's wonderful that she is where she is. She's on her third book at the age of 20, and that's it's fantastic. Fucking awesome. It's fucking awesome. Good for her. Mm-hmm. That's great. Um, any closing thoughts? Um... I mean, just as always, we make the things. Yeah, indeed we do. Yeah. Indeed we do. And Where, uh, that's exciting. Yeah. Where can people find you on the internet, my friend? Um, NicoleGoo.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, NicoleGooIllustration.tumblr.com. Mm-hmm. SpectreIsland.BigCartel.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, Spectre with an O. Yeah. And, and Goo is G-O-U-X. Yeah. Instagram, at NGoo. Yeah. I have a Twitter, but I don't really use it. Maybe one day I will. (laughs) Yeah, well, you know. Those are the places. And you can also coincidentally find a lot of things Dave has made on those places as well. Weird how that works. Funny. It's almost like we're collaborators. Almost. Yeah, yeah. Weird. Word. Well, thanks for uh, being on and pronouncing, my friend. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Fuck Stan Lee. (laughs) Zay, Zay, Zay. Zing, 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 zing.